Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. We begin with major political news this morning, and our first stop is Ohio, where voters have rejected a measure seen as a test on abortion rights. We get the details from Bloomberg's Ed Baxter. The proposition known as Issue 1 would have made it harder to pass constitutional changes. It would have mandated a supermajority, 60%, where it is now a simple majority. Now, this was put on the ballot in an effort to short-circuit a proposition on the November ballot to change the Constitution to codify abortion rights. Abortion, of course, has been a state-by-state issue since the Supreme Court's Roe v. Wade ruling. The vote margin wide. The initiative failing 56 to 43 percent. I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right. Thank you, Ed. We also have a new development in the latest criminal case against Donald Trump. It is a previously undisclosed memo that prosecutors could use to bolster their argument of a conspiracy to overturn the election. Joan Doniger has details from our Bloomberg 99.1 newsroom in Washington. The New York Times says it's obtained a copy of the memo dated December 6th, 2020, that first came to light in last week's indictment from special counsel Jack Smith. It outlines a strategy from Trump lawyer Kenneth Cheesebro to have pro-Trump electors meet in states that Joe Biden had won and portray it as a routine measure to ensure the correct electors were counted if courts or legislatures determined Trump actually won those states. Cheesebro's memo says the Supreme Court would likely reject the strategy in the end, but it would achieve two goals putting attention on claims of voter fraud and buying the Trump campaign more time to deny Biden electoral votes in court. In Washington, I'm Joan Doniger, Bloomberg Daybreak. Okay, Joan, thank you. One other note on the political front. Former Arizona Republican nominee for Governor Carrie Lake may be on the verge of running for office again. According to Axios, Lake will spend next month interviewing potential staff for a run for the Senate. She is then expected to launch that effort in November. Meantime, tensions between the U.S. and China remain in focus. We're learning Washington is close to unveiling a plan to limit investment in China. Sources say the plan could apply only to Chinese companies that get at least half of their revenue from cutting-edge sectors, such as quantum computing and artificial intelligence. We're told the order will take about a year to go into effect. And China's economy is in focus as well this morning, Amy, as prices in the country fall into deflation territory. The data show China's consumer and producer prices both posted a year-over-year decline in July. Consumer prices fell three-tenths of one percent, while producer prices slumped 4.4 percent. Robin Shing is chief China economist at Morgan Stanley. China is in deflation, for sure. The question is how long? And I think it's up to the policymakers where, we, where they react with coordinated fiscal and monetary easing. Robin Shing at Morgan Stanley says it's the first time in almost three years that both consumer and producer prices in China registered contractions. 
In Europe this morning, we're seeing a rebound from yesterday's losses. Italian banks had fallen after word of a new tax on profits. Now Italy's government is backtracking on part of that plan. It says there will be a cap to limit the impact for many lenders. That has banks outperforming in Italy, with shares climbing as high as 5% this morning. Well, back here in the U.S., Amy, there's plenty of corporate news to get you caught up on. Let's start with WeWork. The shares are down 17% in early trading. The company is raising doubt about its ability to stay in business. WeWork is bleeding cash, and customers of its office rentals are canceling their memberships in droves. And a couple of gaming stocks also on the move. Shares of Penn Entertainment are up 11%. Rival DraftKings down now more than 4%. That's after ESPN signed a partnership for sports betting with Penn. We get that story from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. Penn will have a 10-year exclusive right to use the ESPN bet name for sports betting in the U.S. Meanwhile, Penn says it is selling all of its Barstool Sports subsidiary to Dave Portnoy, who founded the sports and pop culture media company in exchange for a non-compete and other agreements. Penn also has the right to get half of the proceeds received by Portnoy in any subsequent sale of Barstool. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloom Daybreak. Thank you, Charlie. And we should note Walt Disney, which owns ESPN, reports earnings today, and those shares are currently up nearly 1% in early trading. Well, Amy, it has been a summer of labor disputes in industries from Hollywood to Detroit, and now we're getting a glimpse of how contract demands in the auto industry could affect corporate earnings. Estimates from the big U.S. car makers show a proposed contract with the United Auto Workers Union could wipe out their profits. And Bloomberg's Doug Krisner has the story. We're told the calculations are based on the UAW's request in current negotiations. They include a 46% wage increase, restoration of traditional pensions, cost of living increases, a reduction in the work week to 32 hours from 40, and an increase in retiree benefits. It's estimated these demands will add more than $80 billion to labor cost for each of the big U.S. automakers over the contract's four-year term. Previously, UAW President Sean Fain said record profits mean record Record contracts. In New York, I'm Doug Krisner, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, thank you, Nathan. Time now for a look at some of the other stories making news around the world. For that, we are joined by Bloomberg's John Tucker. Good morning, John. And Amy, you're here this morning, so we know it's not you, what but maybe? somebody in <laughs> somebody in Florida won a $1.58 billion Mega Millions jackpot last night. And that ends a stretch of nearly four months when there was no winner. This is the third largest in U.S. history. Uh, the chance of winning, by the way, was one and three hundred and two million. A grocery store at Neptune Beach sold that winning ticket. President Joe Biden says he plans to travel to Vietnam soon. Let's get that story from Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger. Mr. Biden did not provide a timeline for the Vietnam visit, but other senior administration officials have already visited the country. The United States considers Vietnam a key partner in advancing a free and open Indo-Pacific. The U.S. normalized trade relations with Vietnam in 2007, and those links have deepened since former President Donald Trump imposed tariffs on China. Vietnam is crucial for the U.S. as it seeks to reduce its reliance on a handful of nations for the supply of critical technologies, as well as counter Chinese influence. Jeff Bellinger, Bloomberg Radio. Well, even before they pummeled the East Coast on Monday, thunderstorms have demonstrated a vast destructive power in the U.S. A report from insurance giant Swiss Re says severe thunderstorms in the U.S. accounted for nearly 70% of all insured natural catastrophic losses in the first half of this year. 
Police in Montgomery, Alabama say at least three white people have been charged after a weekend fight between a riverboat worker, the Harriet, and a group of private boaters. Montgomery Police Chief Daryl Albert says the private boat was illegally docked. The captain of the Harriet remained away from the dock for nearly 40 to 45 minutes as he attempted to contact the operators of the private boat via PA system. They were only responded to with obscene gestures, curse words, and taunting. Investigators so far have not found any indication this attack was racially motivated. And Massachusetts Governor Moore Healey has declared a state of emergency, citing an influx of migrants. There are more than 20,000 people, many of whom are migrants, currently living in state shelters, including infants, young children, and pregnant women. That's up from around just 3,100 families a year ago. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm John Tucker. This is Bloomberg. Amy. All right, John. Thank you. Time now for our Bloomberg Sports Update. And for that, we bring in John Stashauer. Amy, the Houston Astros won the World Series last year, just trying to get back to the postseason this season. They've trailed Texas in the AL West most of the season, and the Rangers are currently three games ahead. But the Astros do have a slim lead for an AL wildcard spot. And last night in Baltimore against the Orioles, who have the best record in the American League, Houston trailed 6-3 to three in the ninth inning. 2-2 two, two again. And Tucker hits it in the air pretty deep to right field. That sends back McKenna at the wall, looking up. See you later! KBMB had the calls. The Astros win 7-6. Tampa Bay Rays with three runs in the eighth inning to beat St. Louis 4-2. The Rays have the lead for the first AL wildcard spot, but they have suffered a loss. Shane McClanahan likely done for the year with an arm injury. He's got an 11-2 record. Started the season great, although he's actually winless in his last six starts. Red Sox gave up three home runs, lost at home to Kansas City 9-3. It was the Sox debut this season for Trevor Story. Nationals and Phillies split a doubleheader in Philly. Phils won the opener 8-4. Kyle Schwarber homer twice. Nats scored in the ninth inning to win the nightcap 5-4. Giants lost to the Angels 7-5. A's lost to Texas 6-1. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing, entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So, there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. 
the lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. From coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com, this is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. A special election in Ohio and a previously undisclosed memo could have major implications on U.S. politics heading into next year. First, voters in the key battleground state rejected a ballot measure that is seen as a test of abortion rights. And the memo, reported in the New York Times, may highlight special counsel Jack Smith's case that former President Donald Trump's bid to overturn his 2020 election loss was a criminal conspiracy. Let's get more on both these stories this morning. We're joined by Greg Valier, Chief U.S. policy strategist at AGF Investments. Greg, good morning. Normally, uh, one special election might not get a lot of attention, but we know that this one in Ohio is getting notice at the White House this morning. What is the impact of Ohio rejecting this effort to raise the bar when it comes to amending that state's constitution? Well, good morning, Nathan. This is a big deal uh, for the uh, Democrats. It makes it, uh, I think, even more likely that uh, pro-reproductive uh, pro- rights uh, candidates will do well. You know, there were some other races earlier this year, Kansas and elsewhere, that showed there is strong support for abortion rights. This, I think, just confirms that. Does this then have bigger implications for the race for control of Congress next year, as opposed to potentially President Biden's effort to get reelected in 2024? I do think Democrats next year are well positioned on this issue. I mean, there are a lot of other issues, the economy uh, being the, the number one uh, one. And, of course, all of the uh, all of the scandals coming out of what happened on January 6th. But I do think this is a big deal for the Democrats. I think that it shows that the Republicans on this issue are not in touch with the public. It is interesting uh, to see some of the reporting about this ballot measure that a lot of business interests had come out in favor of this idea of making it more difficult to amend the Constitution in Ohio, including that state's Chamber of Commerce, the National Federation of Independent Business. Is there a potential business impact for this measure failing? Uh, Maybe it could be easier uh, to pass anti-business regulations a bit. But the big story is abortion. Absolutely. Uh, That does seem to be what the uh, implications are, given that uh, a a lot of the uh, people who voted against this amendment uh, said that that it wouldn't necessarily have even gotten on the ballot uh, had not the Supreme Court uh, overturned abortion rights last year. So what is the potential read through uh, into the presidential race for this overwhelming support for the idea of abortion rights uh, being codified in state constitutions? Well, I think that a lot of Republicans who are moderate on this issue uh, are going to have to stay that way. And I think that 
uh, for the Democrats, it, this will be interpreted in the next few weeks as a significant victory. In the time we have left, Greg, I want to get your take as well on this memo reported in the New York Times that apparently hadn't been uncovered by the House January 6th committee, but was part of uh, special counsel Jack Smith's latest indictment, uh, pointing to uh, what he calls the fake elector scheme. How crucial is this memo as reported, do you think, to uh, special counsel Smith's case? Well, we'll see. I, it, it, in reading the story in the New York Times a few minutes ago, you can make a case for a conspiracy that uh, one of these six alleged co-conspirators uh, had a big role in this. And I think if a conspiracy case looks more likely, you have to ask the question, could one or two of those six uh, cop a plea? Could they seek a plea bargain? And I think that's no longer out of the question. Who are you looking at specifically that might cop a plea here? Giuliani, I think he'd he'd be high on the list. Uh, there there are others though as well who know where all the bodies were uh, buried. This story in the Times this morning is going to have legs. I think it'll be a dominant fa- factor for weeks to come as a conspiracy case becomes stronger. Does it rise to the level of a smoking gun for you? Does it does it go that far? Do you think? Yeah, I thought that, Nathan, that maybe it would be a smoking gun. Too early to say. I'm sure the Trump people are going to say that this is not relevant, uh, that it doesn't make any strong case. But you look at this, the people who put this fake elector scheme together uh, had a plan, and they coordinated it. And to me, a conspiracy charge looks a lot more likely. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed by 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Amy Morris. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.